All right. It is the top of the hour. And we're going here live. And I, currently right now, I have our guest on here for tonight. Welcome to you, Mark Your Trade Show. And we have, this is for you parents out there, for those who ever had questions with books, um, for those who want to have a better knowledge in how books can help you and why they're so beneficial. And I have a special guest with us tonight, Mr. and author, Andre Smith Jr. And I'm gonna be asking Andre, Andre is a great guy, so honored to have him on the show for tonight. And he was going to be sharing his infinitely wealth knowledge of being an author, a multi-author, by the way, and just how he got there and, you know, why you should probably start one as well. But I'll go ahead and let, I'm going to ask Andre a couple of questions here. We're, we said originally in the live for tonight, I'll let people trickle in. I'll probably get back to the comments a little bit later. So if you're watching this live, go ahead and hashtag live and if you're watching on the replay put hashtag replay but to continue on right now we're gonna i'm gonna ask andre a couple uh, different questions and andre again thank you for being on here tonight brother no thank you for having me and thank you for all of the accolades and wonderful wonderful introductions you you flatter me you flatter me really and truly hopefully i can be of good value and service to you and your audience here tonight i know i know you will brother i know you will brought the same you just gotta you know you gotta do me too haircut same haircut <laughs> i'll tell you in 2019 and into 2020 actually i i was nice and low like that i kept it super low for a minute and everyone was like why did you do that i'm like i'm going through some changes like, <laughs> I hope it's not a mental crisis. Like, no, I'm just changing all is well. But now that I've grown it back out a little bit, I'm like, let me go ahead and be proud. Let me be proud. <laughs> nice. It's like my hair's back now. So that means it's not as stressed out like me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, my hairline's a little bit further back than it used to be, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> that's always fun. Well, at least you got a hairline, right? <laughs> yes i am grateful for that i'm not complaining and you know honestly even if i were to lose all my hair i can't complain that's part of why i'm like let me see would i be okay if i lost all my hair but no what i, what I actually was going through was um it was a temporary shift and i was i was being a little bit more of and a, a monk in my lifestyle so a minimalist in a lot of ways i put pretty much all of my possessions that i kept that i sold and donated a whole bunch of stuff that year as we moved around and everything I kept I kind of pushed off to the side and at the time I was kind of just hanging out on an air mattress with a basic blanket and like a clock on the wall and that's it oh wow even t-shirt and I was like I'm not doing anything extra until I find out you know who am I inside so <laughs> I found it <laughs> You found your monkhood. <laughs> I, I found my mojo again. That's awesome. <laughs> so, Andre, what, what are you having here? For can you tell us your background? How you first gravitated to what you're doing currently right now? Absolutely. So, my journey begins as a young child. You know, to keep it brief, I did not like reading when I was really, really young. Because I always thought I was really bad at it. 
I didn't do so well with the oral exams um, in school. I was a slow reader. Um, surprising now, people would think, what, slow reader, him? He's such a good speaker. But the thing is, I was incredibly, incredibly shy. And when it came time to take the reading exams, I would stutter and I would have to reread things. And what I realize now though, is that sometimes my mind was reading faster than my eyes and mouth could really kind of coordinate. And that still happens every now and again. But anyway, back then I thought I was bad. It wasn't until about third grade or so that I started developing a love of reading. I, I ended up getting a book called The Castle in the Attic. Um, and it was just a fantastic little story about this boy who finds a castle in his grandpa's attic and a little lead soldier. And he gets sucked into this world trying to help the, help the knight. And I enjoyed it. And my, one of my teachers realized that I actually enjoyed reading and had a sixth grade reading level at like third grade. And I just consumed as much as possible that she started giving me. Um, that transformed into a love of writing that carried me all the way through high school and into college where I started to learn more about real writing um, in fiction and, and nonfiction outside of academia. And as I got better in that realm, I started mentoring people more. I was always a, a writing tutor through high school and middle school because um, I had the skill because I read so much. I was writing at higher levels. Um, but once I really broke through from the academic writing and had to relearn a new system of writing, a new way of thinking, I really flipped into mentoring people because they were asking questions that I had answers to. And once I got to college, I'm like, you know, I think I wanna be an editor maybe. So I took as many editor editing classes as I could and writing classes. And that just kind of turned into a springboard or really a, a seed, I shouldn't say springboard because it still took me like six more years, seven more, oh my God, like seven more years. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> we keep flying by, right? <laughs> yeah, it took me all the way up until, um, 2019 before I decided to make a full-time commitment with editing and writing and then another year before I finally published my own book and now here we are another year later I'm doing it all on my own now that's awesome and I know you've impacted a lot of lives too writing writing books and so thank God you found that that, that <laughs> what would you enjoy doing for sure can you tell us a little bit about your experience during the pandemic? Because as we know, through last year, um, soon to be two years behind, I guess, technically since we're going to 2022. But what can you tell us the experience you had writing during the pandemic and um, how it affected you doing it, probably transitioning from possibly reading books, books as opposed to doing them on like a Kindle and stuff like that. And has that affected you a bunch? during the pandemic? Oh, well, honestly, the interesting thing about the book industry is that there are a lot of changes happening right now and the pandemic has really kind of heightened them. So one of the changes that's happening is a rise in self-publishing. There are many more self-published authors than there used to be because the technology allows for people to kind of bypass the traditional gatekeepers that were agents, editors, and um, publishing houses. They can put their own stuff out now for better or for worse. Um, that being said, with this rise in self-publishers, there's also been a lot of new content coming out in different ways, both um, digitally and 
in print. What the pandemic has done has created a higher demand for some of this stuff as well. So for me, my personal experience through the pandemic, at, at the time I was still working at a, a different publishing company and I was working with several authors. And one of the big things that was happening early on in 2020 were, were conversations around race and racial justice due to you know, Ahmaud Arbery and then shortly thereafter, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Elijah McClain. And all these names are making the news once again. And I found myself, when I wasn't working with authors, having conversations on social media. I know I should have just went and got off, but something just kept me hooked into it. And finally, one day I was like, I'm going to go ahead and, and stop wasting time and energy on these people and put this energy somewhere productive. And so, you know, writing through the pandemic, it in some ways it opened a lot of space because there was nothing else to do but either work or be at home and do it. And this is true for a lot of people. Now they didn't have the same levels of work or the same type of work. So they chose to write. Um, for me, it was really kind of an, another, another day in the life almost. That's awesome. So did you... So the pandemic kind of really opened things up for you as opposed to shut it off. It just it blew things up. So when people were going for the traditional ways, it just, it really exploded because I've been hearing both ways that some people, you know, some authors, they're less discouraged because now they can't go out to their free thinking space to, you know, do it when they're just stuck at home. So that's, that, that's, that's very true. There are those on that side who, love writing at coffee shops or at the park or in other places that they were barred from going to. Um, I find though that I tend to surround myself with people who are hyper encouraged and resilient. And so at least within my sphere, most of us kind of kept writing and kept moving forward. And I end up finding people who previously weren't writing who were like, well, I'm not going to work and the kids, aren't going to and from school and they're just fine here. I guess I'll use this time and finally get this book done. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like a lot of people are doing that too because they're discovering what they should be doing. Is for the future of book writing, where do you see that going? Do you see more staying online? Um, do you see more authors coming out or book writers? And why should they start now? You know, Honestly, it's really hard to predict where the book industry is going from my point of view. I mean, I could say that the trend of self-published authors is only going to continue and that traditional publishers are going to continue to struggle. However, there's also an element that some people may not fully expect, which is that some of these self-published books and self-published authors aren't actually very good. And that's as, as a publisher, <laughs> it pains me to say it, it really does, but that's the editor in me as well. You know, some of them just aren't that good. And it comes from authors who had no training in writing, who did not invest in editors or um, accept critique well. And I'm of the philosophy that everyone has a story to tell and that anyone can write a good book. 
if given the tools, resources, and support. There are some authors who don't know what they're doing and there's no one there who shows them or when some people show up, it's with so, so much of the wrong energy. If you hang around a lot of writers, there'll be so much pretentious attitudes sometimes. They'll say, oh, where did you go to school? Oh, this is no good. You give up on writing altogether. And I'm super inspired by the fact that some of these new authors choose not to listen to that and choose to put their books out anyway. But what's happened is that you have some books that are below publishing standard. And what that does, unfortunately, is for the readers, it creates a distrust. There was already a distrust in self-published authors um, to begin with, but now there's a possibility that's going to swing back the other way and say, you know, there's all this content out there that I was wishing I could see, but it's actually not very good. I wish some of these authors would hire editors. I'm gonna go back to reading things by traditional publishers. But of course, that's just a possibility it could very well be like, oh yeah, I love these new stories and I love how the authors that make mistakes. It makes me feel like I can do it too. So here it is. And I, I would just say, you know, it's hard to predict what the publishing industry is going to look like a year or two from now, even pandemic or no pandemic. If an author, because you had talked about it, authors that typically don't know, if you're, let's say you're panel like myself and I want to write a a book to my kids, but I have zero idea where to start, but I also want to be a self-published author. What's three tips you could give to me uh, of where I could start with that? Got it. Well, tip number one, figure out who you want to write it to and what you want to write. You know, if you using these parameters, you've decided that you want to write a book to and for your kids. Perfect. Number one, lean into that. Number two, what I would recommend you do if you've never written anything before, I would absolutely recommend that you plan out the story that you want to tell. Just get it onto paper. Don't start writing. Just dive into or lean into the planning phase. Who are your characters? What do you want them to do? What themes might you explore? You know, depending on the age range, a children's book might be super simple or it might be a children's novel. Think about like Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Arguably, it's a children's novel or even the Graveyard Book has another great one. He, he's one of my favorite authors. So I always reference him. Anyway, he he's telling essentially children's stories. If you read it, it's so simple. You can read it in two to six hours and be done with the book. But in this, there's an arc. There are different characters. There are themes. And I remember he mentioned that one of the themes of that book in particular is learning to find the strength and courage to face the scary things. You know, because sometimes things in life are scary and you don't know exactly what to do to deal with that. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to deal with it. And right. that, that's a very powerful theme. And, and so just getting your, your ideas onto paper, we can worry about organizing them afterwards. And the third thing I would recommend that you do, now that you know exactly who you're writing to and why you're writing it for them, you've got your ideas on paper. You've got really two options. 
you can try to start writing or you can find a mentor. You can find someone who's experienced in writing what you want to write to help you put it all together. You know, and even though I'm a publishing professional and would love to, to gain new clients, I'll never discourage someone from trying to do this creative thing on their own. You know, I would be dishonest. It would be dishonest of me to say that every great writer has a mentor. Everyone who writes books gets help somewhere. You can tell your story. And if you choose to go that route and do it on your own first, definitely hire an editor and some beta readers and get some people on board to give you that outside perspective. But the other path would be to get the help on the front side so that you craft a book that is in line with what you want to do. And it can save you a lot of time doing it that way. Depending on who you hire, it could be more expensive than an editor or than someone who's strictly an editor. But the payout on the flip side can be that much higher because a lot of times once you put your heart into something so passionately, a lot of authors struggle with receiving that feedback, especially if it's critical. You know, you might write what you think is a great novel and everyone else is like, it could use this. It's not so bad, but you could probably change some directions here or this character. I'm being nice. A lot of readers are like, I don't like your character. <laughs> boring. This story doesn't make sense. Where am I even? Like, readers are rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, put your stuff on Reddit right away. <laughs> exactly. And having a mentor or a coach who's been there and who, who does this can help you feel like you're not doing it alone and avoid some of that. You know, you're always going to have some criticism and some critique, but you'll at least know that it wasn't just you or you just failed because you just did it on your own. And yeah, it, it, there's a lot of support there. So what's one of the most interesting stories you could tell us with one of your clients? Interesting stories with one of my clients. Hmm. Gosh. Well, what sort of story? Well, give me a little bit more context if you don't mind. Well, let's say for, because we've done children's books, let's say one of your, tell us an interesting story about writing a children's book. You know, honestly, I am not a children's book author. I am an author for adults. I, I mainly write um, nonfiction, but I have also done, or rather, let me rephrase that. My books that are published are nonfiction. By, by trade and experience, I am a, a fiction writer. Um, that being said, I don't work a ton with children's authors. I do have a children's book under my belt that I've helped an author to uh packaged together gosh but I also know a couple of different children's authors I don't <laughs> necessarily have any stories per se but I could offer some advice if you if you want at least in terms of children other books I got stories well tell us one of your favorite stories that you've written thus far just like an excerpt of any of your books got it got it well the book that kicked it off for me in terms of publishing is, is this one here, Facing Racism. And the, my favorite story in this book actually comes from chapter 10. It's on Courageous Conversations. And in the story, I share an experience I had with former employee who 
was going through some stuff at home and that resulted in him having some really bad BO at work. And I was like, well, let me <laughs> It sucked. It really sucked having to have this sort of conversation. But it was kind of funny because I'm like, I, I here I am walking through the store. I'm, I was in my management career at the time, doing a tour, just making sure that we were ready for the evening. I was on the closing shift at the time. And I get a call over the, the, the walkie-talkie. Assistant manager, Andre, can you meet me? Can I meet you somewhere? I'm like, yeah, I'm out by garden center. You want to meet me? I'm on a tour. Like, yeah, I'll be right there. And one of the front end managers comes to me and says, um, we need to have a talk about this person. And I was like, what happened? Like, I don't think I can really work with him. I'm like, why not? Did he say something? Did he do something? Actually, like, no, it's, it's embarrassing to say. I'm like, what? What is it? Spit it out. I've got, a two, I got 280 something square feet to walk through, 280,000 square feet to walk through. And you want to tell me you don't know what you want to talk to me about? She's like, okay, okay, okay. He just smells really, really bad. It's, it's like, I can smell it and I can't be in the same room. And if I can smell it, I know our customers can. Like, you want to send him home? I'm like, absolutely not. I can't afford to send anybody home right now. But I will have a conversation in the meantime, you stay here and I'll talk. And so I go and talk to this young guy and, and she's right. It was bad. It was bad. And we had to make some tough choices and we had to have some conversation around what was actually going on, what was needed. But the reason I shared this story in my book was number one, sometimes conversations will be uncomfortable. You know, sometimes you're, you'll be put in a situation where you are 100% out of your comfort zone. You know, imagine me, a grown man, having to tell another grown man, bro, you stink. <laughs> Not a comfy conversation, especially at work, in the workplace. But then also wanting to be conscientious of his emotional well-being and his sense of pride, you know. He could have really just not come to work if he chose to. But he had the dedication and willingness to show up. And so I had to have the courage to show up and meet him respectfully and competently. And also with the clarity of what the store needed, you know, if you've got BO that was like this, then most certainly, you know, customers are going to notice that. And that does not feel good. I, I once got a complaint from a customer at a different store about a different associate who uh, the customer said, you know, you got a cashier over here who smells so bad. I can smell him from all the way over here. And it was true. We ended up having to put him outside as a people greeter in garden center just to keep oh, man. customers. But getting back to this main story, um, the other reason I shared it is because it demonstrated an opportunity for me to listen. You know, I could have said, hey, bro, what's going on here? You, you smell really bad. Do you need to go get some deodorant? all kinds of really disrespectful sort of things that would make someone feel really bad about themselves. Instead, I had to say, hey, it's been brought to my attention this, what's going on? And he says to me, I know, I have been having some trouble at home, this broke, this broke, and this broke, and I haven't been able to wash clothes in almost a week, but I'm going to my parents' house this weekend and that'll really help. And without airing all the dirty laundry, Literally, I'm sorry. Um, it was really <laughs> but not intended. 
it was a profound experience for me to be able to employ active listening and recognize where we were you know we couldn't fully leave the environment we had to find a space that was safe and felt comfortable we had to have some rapport and to make sure that he felt safe talking to me about it and you know had it been a a female associate i would not have been able to have that conversation not just out of discomfort but out of respect for her i would have had to find someone else to go in and have that conversation so there was a lot of moving pieces and it, it when it comes to conversations around race and racial justice and social justice in general, it can be really uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have the conversations. What we need are better com communication skills. So that's that's the story that, that really stuck out to me that I feel passionate about because, you know, when you meet people, people are good, they have good intentions most of the time. And, you know, a lot of our problems would be solved if we listened twice as much as we speak. Speaking of uh, listening and, well, that, telling stories, <laughs> more so specifically, um, while you're listening, <laughs> I guess in a sense, but what would be the most effective ways that you could deliver your story so that a person could listen? Can you give me uh, three parts for that? Absolutely. So number one, understand the reason you're telling the story. There's always a so what your reader wants to know why they're getting the story, especially if you're in the nonfiction realm. You know, I mentioned in my other book, um, write your book in no time, the fiction reader wants a story for entertainment. And hopefully you can deliver a message that that teaches them something. In nonfiction, it's the other way around. Your goal is to teach something, but you wanna do so in a way that is engaging and inspiring and draws from relatable experience. So number one, understand why you're telling that particular story. Um, number two, in the nonfiction realm, storytelling is really built on reflection and pacing. You could write a chapter that's all story and then at the end give your 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 reflection on it in one paragraph i would not recommend it that way if you got a longer story you want to kind of checkerboard it and start with some story and then interject some thoughts you have to realize that you're not just telling a story but you're replaying it you're doing the play-by-play like if you were watching sports, you've got the sports commentators. You want to give some of that as the story is playing out. You, know, you can tell the story, but interject and, and anchor your reader. Give them the context and really start to interject your reflection both in the moment as well as what it means to you now. You know, I told a story um, in Facing Racism about a point where um, some of my former classmates thought that I they they legitimately were having a conversation around me about whether or not I was gay or whether or not I just wasn't into black girls because at the time I was single and they'd never seen me with a girl. Wow. <laughs> and they they were like, no, you can't say that around Dre. He's not gay. And not that there's anything wrong with that whatsoever. It was just the conversation at the time. You know, this is this, this isn't that. And someone says, you know, 
he's not really into black girls. And at this point, as I'm narrating the story, I interject, really? As if I like, what? How could they possibly think this? And then I continue telling the story. And then after the story, I elaborate more on what it means, what it meant in context then and what it means in context now, in terms of what I'm talking about in the chapter. So really that, that, that pacing, and I think that might be two and a half. <laughs> I, I, if there were a third point, you know, don't be afraid to get real. Be honest. Don't pull your punches. If you've got a vulnerable story and it matters, your readers will thank you for being honest and for showing up because chances are they've got a similar experience, but they haven't had the opportunity or worked up the courage yet to share that. So don't be afraid to, to dig deep and, and show your emotions as, as needed. If you're telling a story, for example, like in this example, you know, I was both confused and angered. And I was like, really, y'all, can you, can you be any more stupid? And <laughs> it was funny, but also you get a, a bit of sense of my personality through that. Hey, well, I've known you for some time now, so I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> you should have. I don't know why you didn't pull out the hand, man. You just what? No, <laughs> I do not endorse violence in my books. <laughs> Maybe in the locker room, but in the book, <laughs> non-violent books only. <laughs> Thank you. Back to my zen. <laughs> 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 oh man this is always great docking with you on this stuff for sure <laughs> i told you this is gonna be a fun call yeah <laughs> so, i was like hey, what was happening i was like what else did i, I forgot to ask <laughs> what doing the life experiences through the books and growing to learn yourself and becoming this multi author and publisher writer and i'm i'm pretty sure i'm forgetting some titles on here what were the, what's the top three lessons that you learned uh throughout this entire process that you you'd like to pass on to others who are getting started out that want to start doing a book that want to be where you're at uh what, what we'll get two pieces of advice we'll, we'll do the three and eh, no i like a three let's do three <laughs> it's like we'll do the, i'll be i'll be brief point number one learn 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 as much as you can doesn't matter if you're just writing for your own benefit or if you want to make a serious career out of writing, never stop learning. There are so many books out there, so many more even than when I started. And, you know, there were already stuff out there, already books out there, but learn as much as possible. Also, don't give up. There are a lot of people out there who will tell you there's no money in writing. Not true, I found. There are a lot of people who tell you there's no money in publishing, editing, not true. There are a lot of people who will tell you that there's no money for you specifically because you're not good enough. Also not true. Writing is a skill. Communication is a skill. And you can learn it. And so in order to learn it, that brings me to point number three. Read and read widely. Of course, read what you intend to write. A lot of it. But read outside of that. And this is important. You know, if you read, if you want to write fantasy, Let's say you want to write urban fantasy like uh, the Harry Potter books. They're kind of urban fantasy in some aspects. Um, 
or even Twilight. It, I mean, it's essentially the real world interposed with uh, kind of some paranormal there. Let's say that's what you want to write and that's all you read. Are you ever going to add anything unique or new or fresh? Probably not. You can. <laughs> There's always something unique that each author brings to it, but you're relying heavily on the same tropes, the same pacing, the same plot lines as what you've already read. And if you read widely outside of this, you can interject some other elements. You know, a good paranormal romance will always have a touch of mystery. A good mystery novel may have a hint of romance and scandal. You know, you can always cross genres. And the more that you read, the more your author toolbox grows. So yes, keep learning. Don't give up and read widely. All right. I love I love those pieces. I, if you're watching this live right now, you're you're in for a treat tonight. You're in for a treat tonight. Um, for just for the sake of time and uh, things as well, Andre, if you could just let us know in the comments or back on the live in your camp, how if someone wants to work with you to write a book, to go ahead and get started with their book, um, whatever they, that may look like, where can they con contact and reach you at? Absolutely. So you can find me right here on Facebook on my main profile. I'm not sure what the link to that actually looks like, but I will certainly <laughs> make a comment. You can just click on my profile picture. Um, right here is the easiest way. If you are on Instagram more often, author on uh, author.andre Smith, that's A-N-D-R-A-E, you'll find me there as well. Those are the two predominant ways and in, in terms of email and all of that, just message me on Facebook or Instagram and I'll get you all squared away. And we could talk about what type of book you want to write why you want to write it, when you want to write it, all the good details. Uh, that's that's great. See, all the parts right down on the bottom. And later on when we come back to the live or when I repost this a little bit later on in the week as well to my uh, Parents of Thrive page, as well as the group, as well as my other socials, you'll be seeing that on there as well as you'll probably be seeing on an Apple store, um, all, some of the other ones too. I forgot which parts but you'll be seeing all of those as well it was this is my first episode for a market trade show and andrew it was such a pleasure having you on it as well if for my audience you'd like to be on the show where we can make impacts in your life and other people's lives and you'd like to be a part of the show definitely comment comment below uh me too and let's get in contact and get, get a message going and we'll go ahead and have the different conversation then. And for those that are out there that want to tell your story better, that want to make an impact, that wants books, that wants to learn more, that wants to consolidate your life and do something shorter <laughs> with pieces of paper, which is why you read books. If you can look at my story, that's why. <laughs> and you, you learn a lot. Books, they have been shown to make you smarter in so many ways. I have a link. I'll probably drop it in the comments below as well. I did a whole presentation just recently for uh, for it, and you know it's shown it'll help make you smarter, both in terms of emotional intelligence as well as vocabulary and neural pathways. It's been shown through MRI scans that people who read books form new neural pathways in the ten minutes before, during, and up to thirty minutes and beyond after reading. 
So you can really physically make your brain smarter just by reading anything. Hear that anything. That includes comic books. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can probably look some stuff from there. Too. <laughs> 100%. Well, thank you for having me on, Tony. I do appreciate you. I really do. Absolutely. I appreciate you too, Andre. So again, thank you all that are watching for the, the live tonight. And again, if you got a lot of value, comment below as well. You got the value, what your biggest takeaway was. And as always, keep moving up with your intentions out. My name's Tony. You all stay blessed and take care.